Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hey everybody, Paul Gray here. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode of Grace to All with Paul Gray. I might ruffle some feathers today. That's not my intent, but it's possible it could happen. So I'm going to warn you of that up front, and I'm also going to tell you that when we finish today, which will be about 20 minutes from now, I'm going to ask you three questions for you to ponder in relationship to what I'm talking about today. So listen with an open mind if you can, and sort of set aside things that you might have been taught in religious settings. I'm just going to talk about one verse in scripture today. It's uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. Now, here's the setting. The Apostle Paul is an older man by now. At least, we don't know how long he lived, but uh, he's not going to be around too much longer. And he's writing this letter to his young understudy, a guy by the name of Timothy. And Timothy's the young senior pastor of a church in a city called Ephesus. Churches then weren't like today. It, It certainly wasn't a mega church. We use the term senior pastor. It was like, this is more likely a group of 20, 30, 40 maybe 50 people at the most that met in somebody's house or in a building somewhere. And he would be more like the teacher facilitator of a group. Also be, you know, one that married people and buried people and did things like that. So he writes to him this. This is from the mirror version, 2 Timothy 4, verse 2. He says, broadcast this good news, the good news of God's unconditional love and grace and inclusion and acceptance of all people, broadcast this good news on every occasion, even when it doesn't seem to be convenient or appropriate. Give evidence to this message, value every individual in your audience highly. Esteem people's authentic identity. Esteem people's authentic identity passionately and teach tirelessly. There is really a lot in just those five verses there. Broadcast this good news on every occasion. Now, the question can validly be asked, what do we give a rip for about what some guy named Paul wrote to another guy 2,000 years ago and wrote it in a different language, different time and place, and different culture? Well, it does have very appropriate meaning for us today, practical application for our lives today. Broadcast this good news on every occasion, even when it doesn't seem to be convenient or appropriate. That's what we're doing right now. We are broadcasting over the internet, over social media, this good news. And we broadcast the good news in our daily life, in everything we do. Sometimes we even use words. But before we can talk about broadcasting the good news, I think it bears the question of What is the good news? What is the good news? I grew up 
in a religious setting. These were wonderful people. The church I grew up in, a little town in the Ozarks in Missouri, wonderful church, wonderful people, good-hearted people, Modi's pure, I believe. But they were taught what they'd been taught, what they'd been taught, what they'd been taught. And I was taught that God is holy, meaning he's uh, squeaky, clean, morally antiseptic, pure, never even has a bad thought or isn't tempted to tell a lie or anything like that. God is holy. God is perfect. And God made us. And if we break even one little rule, tell one little white lie, let alone commit murder or something like that, if we commit one little sin, then we've got to pay because God can't stand to be in the presence of somebody who has sinned. He can't even look at sin. His moral uh, standing, his righteousness has been offended and we have to pay. Even if we only told one very little bitty teeny white lie in our whole life, his just judgment is that he's going to burn us in eternal torture chamber forever. Just torture us as bad as you can be forever, for all of eternity. Now, I never asked back in those days, wait a minute, one little white lie and getting burned in an eternal torture chamber forever? That, That doesn't seem fair. For those who did ask that question, that doesn't seem fair. We were told, well, God's ways are higher than ours. And and some people, I wasn't in this, but some people were even in religious settings that were said, well, it brings God great glory to demonstrate his goodness by torturing people forever. That's, um, well, uh, (laughs) okay, You you may have been taught. I'm not condemning you. I'm not putting you, certainly not putting you down to the people who taught that. It just doesn't hold water to me anymore. The good news is not we can be saved from an angry God who's got to punish somebody. Somebody's got to pay. That's not good news at all. I was also taught that, well, really, when you get down to it, the good news is that somebody had to pay. And so God had to have a pure, innocent sacrifice because that's the way it was set up in the Old Testament. You had to have a perfect spotless lamb. So God had to have a perfect sacrifice. And the only one that was perfect was his only beloved son. So somebody had to pay. So God poured out all his wrath on him and tortured him unmercifully so that he wouldn't have to somehow torture us. You know, that doesn't make sense either. Now, you you may have grown up in a religious setting like I did, where we just didn't say, well, that doesn't make sense. If we did, we'd get looked at like, you questioning God, boy? (laughs) Well, I was told that we had to do something to get God to save us from God himself, who was going to torture us forever because of what we had done. And then we were taught to tell that to other people, tell people that that was the good news, that uh, they were going to hell unless they did what we said. But the good news was they could do what we say, and then they could escape this eternal conscious torment. But they might still lose it later on. So it was kind of an in-and-out type of deal. You know what? There's no good news in that at all, and it, it doesn't make sense. And the reason it doesn't make sense is it's not true. We used to stand on street corners and go to airports or restaurants or whatever and say, are you saved? And you know, thinking people would say, saved from what? Well, let me tell you what the really good news is. Paul said, broadcast this good news on 
every occasion. The really good news is God is really good, totally good, all the time to all people. God is pure love with no trace of darkness. God's grace covers everyone and everything. God is the perfect father of all humanity. We are all God's children. We have been since before the beginning of time. We were saved by God's grace before the beginning of time. There has never been anything. Now, listen to this. This may offend you, but remember, I'm going to ask you three questions about this that may shed some light on it. There has never been anything that you or I ever needed saving from in regard to our relationship with God. Some of you, that might make your hair on the back of your neck stand up on end. Some of you probably just turned me off when I said that, but I really hope you'll listen some more. There has never been anything, not a single thing in the history of creation that you or I have ever had to be saved from God for. So a legitimate question is, well, if Jesus is God and if Jesus came to earth, And if he died on the cross to save us, what did he save us from? I want you to get this now. I want you to suspend what you may have been taught all your life by well-meaning but misinformed people. Jesus saved us all from living under the lie that we have to do something to get saved by an angry God. That's the greatest con job of all. The lie that God is angry, that he's going to punish us, he's bound to punish us by his nature, and we have to do something to get him to save us from himself burning us forever. Jesus, here's the real good news. Jesus came to save us from being in bondage to that most awful lie of all time. It's the greatest con job that's ever been perpetuated on mankind. And a con job that has paid a 10% commission to the people who propagated for down through the ages. And sometimes even a much larger commission than that called the tithe. But I probably upset some more people there. Friends, scripture does say, And I hate to use this term, scripture clearly says, because that phrase has been so maligned. But scripture says, God is good. God loves all people unconditionally. God's grace was poured out on all people before creation. And all people are included. God is the father of all. Most people don't know that. So we get to broadcast that very good news that there's never been anything between us and God, never been anything we need to be saved from. We get to broadcast that on every occasion, even when it doesn't seem to be convenient or appropriate. And might I add, sometimes we even use words to do that (laughs) just by our, our actions and our countenance and the way that we relate to people and not judging 
people and not excluding people and not putting people down and not slandering people and not taking advantage of people. But by doing what Jesus did with us, loving people unconditionally, including all people, helping everybody in every way we can. That is the good news. And it's not an invitation. It's a proclamation. It's a proclamation that we get to say to every single person, whether or not we think they deserve it or should get it or qualify for it or anything like that. It's a proclamation that we make to people. We are able to say to them, hey, here's the good news. You are right with God. You always have been. God is good, unbelievably good, perfectly good. God loves you perfectly. And his perfect love casts out all fear. He never wants you to ever be afraid that he's going to punish you for anything. His grace encompasses and covers everyone. He is pure light. There's not even a trace of darkness in God. What we've been saved from is the concept, the lie, the deceit, the con job, that there is an angry God that's going to punish us forever. The doctrinal system of religion, of darkness, of lies, has taught us that there is an angry God and there are all these things that we have to do to get right with him. And each one of the 40,000 denominations across the world, that's just in the Christian religion, have different ways of telling you that this is the only way. You see, of course, that none of that makes any sense, does it? No. It really doesn't. So this is a little shorter message than usual today. I, I'm not even going to cover the, well, I will. I'll, I'll go ahead and, and give you the whole verse because it's not very long. Broadcast the good news on every occasion. Now, value every individual in your audience highly. Our audience is whoever we, we relate to on any occasion at any time. Value them highly. Don't see anybody as less than or other than or not worthy or not qualified or beyond God's grace and goodness or excluded. Just none of that. Esteem people's authentic identity passionately. Wow. Just esteem their identity, who they really are in Christ, passionately. And teach tirelessly. Teach tirelessly. And that's what we're doing right now, teaching. But again, we don't have to use words to do that. And it doesn't mean that every person you're with that you, you know, you just you have to make sure that you present the gospel to them and check off a list. No, it just means live your life. Just be who you are and exude joy and love and grace and goodness and peace and patience, and gentleness and kindness like Jesus does, because that's him doing it as you. And people will see what Jesus is like. And over the course of time, they will ask you, they'll say, what's different? Or, you know, where do you get this from? And some question like that, whatever it might be. All right. Here's the three questions that I want you to ask. First, if you don't think everyone was already saved, included right with God, if you don't believe that, who told you differently? Who told you differently? And 
with what authority? Who told you and with what authority? Secondly, why would you not want everyone to be saved? That's a question for our heart, isn't it? For our conscience. Why would I not? That God asked me that question one time several years ago. He said, Paul, why would you not want everybody to be right with me? Why would you want anybody to be punished eternally in eternal conscious torment? Why would you want that? I had to really, well, what I did was I danced around that. It's not like God didn't know what I was doing. But I said, oh, well, well, God, because they offended you. And he said to me, who told you that? Who told you they offended me? I get to choose, Paul. I tell people, don't take offense. I don't take offense. I'm not offended by anybody. Well, because they deserve it. And Papa just said to me very gently and lovingly, um, who gets to determine whether they deserve it? Um, you do. Yeah, see, that's what I thought. I determined nobody deserves that. Uh, well, then, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm somewhat making light of that, but I'll tell you that that was a very eye opening discussion that I had with the Lord. All right, third question, last one. Could someone. An all-powerful entity, God himself, could someone who is pure good, who is loved by nature, who has no trace of darkness, who is pure light, could someone with those characteristics, pure goodness, pure love, pure light, everything good, could some entity like that even conceive of creating an eternal conscious torment? chamber, let alone implement it and let it go on forever with people that that version of God created to begin with. Could someone be pure goodness, pure love, pure light, pure grace, and come up with a place like that and then operate it? It seems to me the two are not compatible. There's a cognitive dissonance there. Either God is not good, not loving, not graceful, not the father of all, or uh, I don't even want to think of the alternative. (laughs) God's not like that, folks. That's the good news. God is pure love. God is pure patience, pure goodness, pure gentleness, pure kindness, pure light with no trace of darkness, pure grace, which he lavished on us since before the beginning of time. God is the father of all people. All are included. And God has never, ever, it's never even entered God's mind to have a place where he would torture you at all, let alone for all eternity. So that may have rocked your boat today. Some of you, I know, because I was there, some of you are going, oh, man, that's really good news. I I always wondered about that, but that's really good news. And I can tell you, folks, they don't call it good news for nothing. It is really good news. And 
we get to broadcast that good news on every occasion, even when it doesn't seem to be convenient or appropriate. It is good news for all. Hey, thanks, everybody. See you next time on Grace to All with Paul Gray. Love you all. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.